This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman prides itself in having more lineman tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says, in stock and ready for shipping, on hundreds of items on their website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, trust Tallman. Line 11 Clothing Company, making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line 11 Clothing Company on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Hello, and this is David once again from the Show Up That Foundation. Today, we're going to be talking about marriages, okay? All marriages, even the really good ones, need mending. The routine of jobs, kids, chores, and other commitments can overshadow romance and passion with any husband and wife. As a result, couples can feel disillusioned or even alone. That is why we have created this marriage series, a platform for husbands and wives to come and share what they do to be successful. Welcome to Marriage on the Line, guys. <laughs> hello, hello. Howdy, howdy. Absolutely. Well, today our special guests are Ricky and his wife, Priscilla. They have been married for six years, and together they have adopted two girls and foster kids through DCFS. So thank you guys for coming on our show. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Well, without further ado, I'd like you to open up, Ricky, with you telling us a little bit about your story as growing up and stuff like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, like a lot of guys, you know, I'm, I'm originally from L.A. area, uh, Compton and, and uh, Long Beach, Linwood area, that little triangle. Um, growing up, just had one of those. I, I had two parents, which is which is a blessing, but I probably had one of those uh childhoods where you wish the parents weren't together mm-hmm. um had a really uh, abusive mother who who uh was abusive uh very emotionally and, and mentally and and a father who didn't know what the heck he was doing right mm-hmm. he he was he did everything wrong to be a dad to to be a a man he was good to be a dad it, it was terrible and um thankfully um there were other entities in my life who kind of pushed me in the right direction uh, joined the core. So in fact, I, I was trying to get out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, let me, let me out of here. <laughs> uh, joined the core on a third, oh, I'm sorry, on a Monday, left on a Thursday, um, came back a few years later, joined the, the, the sheriff department, LA sheriff department. And then uh, took that, moved it on to San Bernardino PD, worked in San Bernardino, uh, San Bernardino PD, got married and got divorced in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of the problem was, I think, the work issue, kind of like what happened with my line life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to separate work from family, and uh, that really impacted my marriage. And so in turn, my wife did the same thing, and it ultimately didn't work out. And luckily, I, I, I was able to join the IBW as a journeyman or as an apprentice at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, and I just, I just traveled. I, I hit pretty much most of the continents on this planet. I just went in and everywhere I could, whenever I could, I, I, I should, I should leave on a whim, right? I, I think I went to Egypt. I saw a commercial on, mm-hmm. I think on a Monday morning and left Wednesday afternoon and uh, went to Egypt for a while. And then I, you know, went to Germany, went to Thailand. I was just doing anything and everything. And then luckily I came back and met my wife who actually I had met 23 years before that originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, uh, we had met 23 years before that in, in junior high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, it was it was a blessing. I actually got a, a a message on Facebook while I was up on a pole in in Northridge, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do with myself. I actually climbed down the pole because I didn't know what to do. I was like, "What?" The? She she responded, you know, and kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I was asking guys on the crew like, "How do I respond to this this message?" You know, and mm-hmm. um, we got together, and and she's been my blessing ever since. Um, our marriage has been. I think in the beginning it was pretty, pretty interesting. 
mm-hmm. again, because I didn't really know how to be a husband and a dad because I had bad role models. Mm-hmm. So I, I had no idea what this was. Mm-hmm. And um, we struggled pretty hard. And then one day I took a look at her dad and mom, who I think are my mentors when it comes to being in a marriage because they are best friends they go everywhere together they do everything together you know they're inseparable and I was to myself wondering how the heck is that how it's supposed to be (laughs) you know are you you supposed to like each other (laughs) there's no there's no dishes no holes in the wall no police no you know assaults no no PIs no you know no other women and other men and 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 photos and all this going around like this this isn't how a marriage is supposed to be okay and um at that moment i kind of was like let me mirror what they doing because it's working mm-hmm. and uh, i think we got into a really good place mm-hmm. after that that's amazing so priscilla your your parents were are still married today they are still married today to this very day yes that's great and so they gave you a really good example of what marriage is yes i was i was going to say that's exactly it's i have been fortunate and blessed enough that I was able to see a model of how marriage could possibly work um, when there's a lot of communication, compromises, give and take, and collaboration. Growing up, we didn't come with a lot. We actually migrated here from the Philippines when I was about six years old. Mm -hmm. So all we had was each other, my sister, my mom, my dad, and myself, all came here with like four boxes and not much else. Wow. And seeing the sacrifices that my parents gave, because in the Philippines, they were well-educated. But coming to America, they had nothing. Mm-hmm. They, could, they couldn't even transfer their education to U.S. equivalency to be able to hold a decent, good-paying career. They had to start from being, a, in, you know, start from the very beginning and my mother was a waitress and my father was a mechanic and they started from the very beginning, tried to earn some money to help the family as well as get their, um, their degrees um, evaluated for U.S. equivalency mm-hmm. so that they could apply for the jobs that they have degrees in. Um, wow. wow. So it was a lot of family time, and a lot of depending on each other growing up. And I saw that with my parents, there was a lot of back and forth of, okay, how are we going to have this house running? Okay. Mom has to work, um, the night shift for, um, for service. As you know, the most, usually when it comes down to restaurant business, the most busiest time and most lucrative time is during the evenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were still young at that point where my, my sister was a probably around seven. And I was about six and it was something I was able to see throughout elementary, throughout junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. And they were supportive. I could only, and actually come to think of it. I have only seen my parents have a disagreement once in wow. the entire time. And it wasn't a fight. It was a disagreement that they just disagreed on a topic. And I can't even remember the topic. That's what I'm saying. I, I didn't know people actually lived like that. I, <laughs> I remember there was an argument and something crazy going on every moment. You know, they, they'd cuss each other out about who went to the door first. Mm-hmm. It was just bad. You know, yeah. when, when I see them, it, you don't understand. They, they're like, they're just happy to be happy. Mm-hmm. You walk around like, why are you guys always happy? What, what are you doing? Yeah, I saw um, growing up, uh, my parents were kind of like your parents, Ricky, where I was like, these people are better divorced than they are together. I mean, I remember having radios thrown in the house and Mm -hmm. all kinds of things, but my mom was the fiery one and my dad was the manipulator. So it was, it was interesting growing up, but once they got divorced, it was better when they were apart, but at the same time that created issues as well. So I, I definitely relate to what you're saying. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I have two sisters that what you just said mm-hmm. that were, were molded by that, seeing that every day, and, but they don't know that they are. So yeah. they do the same thing with their significant other and spouses. Mm. And it's crazy to see how like that pattern 
that goes on. Like I see the same pattern, even with my upbringing and just seeing how my parents, you know, just related to each other. And I see that with my, my other two siblings that I have, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, cause you want to tell them something. And then at the same token, you're like, nah, they'll figure it out themselves, you know, or you do say something and they get offended. So either way, you're at a loss there, you know, so <laughs> I just stay quiet and let them figure it out, you know, let them work <laughs> it out in their own marriage, you know, so we, we, we pray they work it out. You yeah, know, absolutely. And your wife was saying something and I'm sorry I interrupted you, but it just reminded me so much when you said that I was like, yep, that's my sister's right there. Oh, no, you're totally fine. Um, I was actually going to say that um, it's interesting that when we're young, we don't recognize those patterns. Mm-hmm. It's only like after the marriage process kind of has a way of refining those things out of you and showing the, those things to you in the marriage process. Or where you get to like start seeing what you need to work on if you are self-aware. Some people can go through their entire marriage and never want to look at themselves or what they're doing or their pattern. But I mean, if you're self-aware and you're able to look at what your marriage is, is kind of bringing out of you, you can look at it and fix it, which is good. Yes. I think that was the hardest part with us because yeah, because my wife was, was really independent. You know, when we got to we got together and she, too, was divorced and had a, you know, a crappy ex. And, um, you know, of course, we bring stuff into our relationship. Right. This person was bad. Therefore, I need to be guarded because I don't want that to happen to me again. Right. And I need to do this and that. And we, we would have that problem. What I would and I would tell my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, we, we got to work on this together. We can't you can't treat me like the other guy, like I'm the other guy. Mm hmm. You know, I, I got to be who I am. You got to treat me like I'm Ricky. And mm-hmm. um, we went through some really hard times. And, and then also she didn't understand the abuse that I had went through mm-hmm. because she didn't go through abuse. So she don't she couldn't fathom what I was saying. You know, I think one night we had a hard argument and I was explaining to her that the arguments that we were having was worse than nails on a chalkboard. It was like somebody was was picking at a at a sore in my soul. Mm-hmm. So when she would say and do things, I'm like, you don't understand it. It's hurting me deep. It's not, it's not superficial. Like I'm not trying to run away from an argument. I'm telling you that you're, you're, you're picking at something that is extremely emotional to me. And I think I was shaking Yeah. when, uh, when I find, when I was, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Cause you don't understand what, what, how deep shoots uh, rooted, you know, pain this is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with her, I had to also understand with, with my wife, I was like, you have to be a better guy. Like it takes sacrifice. You know, uh, mm-hmm. my father really didn't do all that when he was younger, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to really understand. And then she told me what I needed to do. And I came to her. I said, how do I be a better man? I said, help me with this reflection here because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what mistakes I'm making. I see you upset, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong because to me, those things weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. How how did you guide him through that? Well, it's actually double-sided here because in his humility and asking me, it allowed me to look at the mirror myself and say, okay, what is it that I have to do? So I just told him, okay, well, I have an issue with X, Y, and Z. You need to communicate with me more. You, how you communicate to me is very important because what you say and what you do has to match. And then I, once I talked to him and we kind of established a understanding ground mm-hmm. on how we were going to treat each other. Um, one of the things that in reading, there was a lot of reading and a lot of like taking time to really understand marriage um, that I read that really resonated with me was that men seek for respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, that is at the very top of their expectancies as far as marriage. Mm -hmm. And I had to take, like Rick said, I always had to depend on myself um, as far as career wise. And, you know, growing up, there was a point in the night in the early 2000s when independent women came out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every woman, every female, that was their theme song. So needless to say, when that theme song was out, 
It was embedded in my head. And I was like, no, I could do bad by myself. Mm-hmm. And it really took a moment, a, a very long moment, actually, of a learning experience to really realize, okay, a marriage is not just about me, myself, and I. Mm. It's not about being independent women. It's being individuals in a marriage, in a relationship that you're working on together. Yes. So that was, I took a step back and really assessed what that really meant and how I could become a better wife. It took a lot of Rick saying, how could I become a better husband? And me looking at myself saying, okay, how could I be a better wife? Because he's putting in mm-hmm. four feet forward. I mean, four steps forward to meet me. So how can I do the same and meet him? So it took a lot of that, but I, there was no way for me to guide him mm-hmm. outside of me saying, well, this is what I want. Because you know how they say, um, treat others how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Once, once I read treat others how they want to be treated because how they want to be treated may be very different how you want to be treated. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Wow. That spoke volumes to me and, yes. and him. So then I had to ask Rick a lot. Okay, well, how do you want to be treated? As he then in turn asked, what do you want from me? How do you want me to be a better husband? Mm-hmm. So it's, and that didn't happen overnight. That I can honestly say that did not happen overnight. It's still mm-hmm. a work in progress. It's still something that we still work on every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, even just. I, but I see the difference though, because now when we walk around, everybody's like, I want to be like you guys. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> you know, we're, we, we're so goofy down together because I, I committed. One of the things she said was, you know, I had to, I had to make sure she was forefront of my mind. So mm-hmm. I made her my best friend. I said, you know what? There, there is no one higher on my friend list than my wife. I said, if I'm going somewhere, I'm going with my wife. If we're going to, you know, if we're going to go do something that this is my road dog everywhere. I didn't, I didn't put anybody above her. I said, I'm she's going to be my road dog. And it's funny. Cause when we go out, we have our own language. You know, my wife started saying this term real good all the time. And somehow, <laughs> yes, if anybody hears me talk to her and it's so just addictive because neighbors hear us all the time or just random strangers. But we might be talking to each other right now. And I'm like, hey, baby, real good. How you doing real good? And, you know, she'd be like, hey, I'm doing real good. Uh, where you at real good? I said, oh, I'm on my way home real good. You want something to eat real good? She'd be like, yeah, I want something to eat real good. What you want real good? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we will literally talk. And then what's funny is we go places with other couples and they'd start saying it. And they'd be like, okay, real good. <laughs> and uh. Then you, know, I'm sure, David, you, you know, you're my friend online. And you'll see mostly everything is oh. me and her together, right? We, yeah, <laughs> wherever we go in the world, she's right there with me. And I think all these experiences together, and uh, and you know, we go to church. We're real religious, you know. Or, or my wife is extreme religious. Mm-hmm. She, she's really heavy into the church. She went to ministry school, mm-hmm. so um, she got me going to church with her every mm-hmm. every Sunday. And I made it, and I knew that was something she loved. So I made sure that we make it there no matter what, right? It's like. Like, hey, sorry, guys, I would love to do this, but, you know, my wife and I have to go to church. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, we started doing our date nights, like going to movies, going to painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did escape. We do escape rooms all the time, you know, just me and hers when we first started. And mm-hmm. I think that helped a lot. And I'm not here to, well, actually, I am here to promote uh, escape rooms, but i've been wanting to do one of those <laughs> when you do it as a group of two though when you do it as a couple it is awesome because you the only person you can rely on is your spouse yeah <laughs> and i think it's a different type of date night because you have to work as a team together mm-hmm. and it's okay like for example you could go to the movies mm-hmm. and watch a movie and you're quiet the whole time and you're quiet the whole time you don't have any interaction there's no communication there's no teamwork except for watching a tv and then maybe afterwards asking each other oh how did you like the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> but the entire time in the escape room the moment you step in there mm-hmm. you're completely relying on each other solving puzzles and then when there's a fear factor in it you're like okay who do i run to when i'm scared and so we started it just by doing um our first when we were having our tough times mm-hmm. that was the uh, the date night that changed the trajectory mm-hmm. because it allowed us that even that one hour of just figuring it out. I mean, we stared at that wall for a good 10 minutes. 
What is this? What did we get ourselves into? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and it's beautiful, right? Because you're in there when you're no phones because you can't bring phones in. There's no distractions. It's just two people relying on each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that that was that was yeah. it. And this one wasn't scary or anything like that. It was a lot of um it was like where in the world is Carmen Santiago type. Yeah, it was oh, okay. It. So we were looking at a world map and like, okay, what is it that we have to do with this map? And we stood there looking at each other, looking at that map, like maybe this, like we, (laughs) but in that moment, we learned to kind of work together, feed Mm -hmm. off each other's strengths. Even if we weren't talking, we would look at each other and our body language, like they say, 90% of your communication told it all. Hmm. Hmm. I, I definitely need to get that, uh, that place for me I, you know we'll put in the show notes or whatever you know, think, i'm interested you guys sold me on it <laughs> you know i check that out you I guys think- go on on date nights like that and 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 just you time just the two of you together and uh-huh. yeah yeah we do we, we go on date nights um we mostly go and eat because we're big foodies mm-hmm. oh and uh we'll sit and talk the last time we went out we laughed our heads off we're talking about something kind of serious <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and it, my husband was like oh wait I do that and then we started just cracking up laughing it was it was a good time she, I think she was like talking saying something about something you know her dad did or whatever and it was funny because I'm like thinking about it. I'm like totally engaged looking at her paying attention to her no distractions and then I started thinking I'm like crap she's she's complaining about that and I'm doing that. (laughs) She's sending me messages over here. You know what I mean? But uh, we were just laughing. It's a great time. And I think that's so important to have that one-on-one connection time with your spouse, just to get away from the kids. Um, No distractions like you're talking about. And it'll work wonders in your marriage. I know for us, uh, you know, we had gone through some counseling, you know, earlier on in in our marriage and stuff like that. And we're having issues communicating. Right. And one of the one of the exercises that the counselor had us do was not looking at some blocks and communicating with our eyes closed, covered. Right. She would have to tell me what I needed to do to build something or, or to, to solve the problem with these blocks. And it was pretty interesting to see how our communication was completely different from each other. <laughs> but we knew what we were talking about, you know what I mean, with each other, you know, and just being able to just show us that, Hey, we can communicate. We just don't choose to communicate. Isn't that so true? I think I told Priscilla that one day, uh, uh, she got mad at me a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at this moment, I, I had to un- explain to her. I said, I think it makes sense when you say it. Right. But it's not being received the way you intended it to, <laughs> to be received. So you're telling me something you're upset at me for some reason, but I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding what you're saying your communication is different than the way i understand it or the way i learn mm-hmm. and i think that really helped when i told her that because all of a sudden she was like i need to talk the way rick understands <laughs> so, so he so he gets it and uh after that i remember she started just explaining things to me in such a better way and so like you said kind of with the blocks it was like okay this is the problem this is how you know when you do this she she would even use line uh like we're talking on the right away bro she'd be like you know we <laughs> When you're building a pole, when you do this and this and this, well, you can't just do this, can you? <laughs> Cut it in the clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I actually took her out. Uh, one of my old foremen about four or five years ago, he had this family week and everybody was allowed to bring somebody one day of the uh, of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my turn on, on my day, you know, I, I my, my girls are too young, so I ended up bringing Priscilla. You know, she had the FR shirt on and she had the hard hat, you know, she, she's in the bucket with me. She got a harness on, you know, she putting hole plugs in and, and, uh, trying to, you know, dig up an anchor and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. afterwards, I mean, she talked to me so much different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think putting myself in his shoes uh-huh. helped me to understand because they're, yeah. One, I'm too short to reach anything. yes and the machines that they were using i'm like okay that won't work for me i mean it was to the point where i was essentially by the end of the day i took a paintbrush with some black tarp and was painting a wall (laughs) i was like okay i have another respect for lyman because i can't dig a hole 
I can't hold that machine. <laughs> I can't even get on top of that um, bucket to plug a hole. I, I, can't, I couldn't do it. So then it allowed me to see why he was always tired and exhausted and burnt out at the end of the day from a long shift. I think that's great. That's something that um, I think every wife should be able to experience to see. Um, I mean, even if it just means the husbands putting the tools on the wives and them having to bear that weight just for a day to see how heavy it is of what Mm -hmm. our men have to carry. Mm -hmm. Um, and just stepping into their shoes, having that empathetic view is, is a huge, oh yeah, huge thing. And I think that's really amazing because it probably totally changed your perspective on him and what he went through in the day and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Great. Oh, definitely. And the funny thing is now the table's turned. Oh yeah. Mm. The table's turned. turned. Oh my goodness. I used to, I not yell, but I used to be upset. She, she was a business manager for in uh, in texas mm-hmm. he would just work all night and she would just be burnt out and irritable and i'm like you don't do anything how are you you work from home yeah you're from home how are you tired what the what, you know i'm outside all day and you know i'm in rubber gloves and sleeves and i'm going off we're fighting and then now you know uh i i kind of just kept moving up right there i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm in the i'm in the office now running esh and there's these days where i'm burnt out tired Mm-hmm. And I actually walked up to my wife and apologized. I said, baby, all those years I talked trash to you. I am so sorry. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Took a moment because for him, it was mental and physical, but a lot more physical exhaustion mm-hmm. being out in the field. For me, working at home and dealing with meetings and working remotely, it was a lot of mental exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And both are still, you know, are impactful mm-hmm. but it's just different until you experience it you kind of don't understand mm-hmm. and, so. it, it, and it's good to see to have that transition that that point of view that empathy right because mm-hmm. for me like i retired in 2020 from line work uh being out in the field anyways and uh, i stayed home so my wife could go to work Mm-hmm. And because she wanted, you know, she, that was one thing that she had always desired is for her to have a job that she can go to and get dressed up to and, and stuff like that. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm retired. I'm doing this podcast stuff, whatever. You know, the kids, it was lockdown is during COVID. Right. So I was staying home with the kids and my gosh, dude, <laughs> just to change them roles like that was absolutely insane i mean just dealing with the kids consistently making dinner making lunch and then doing their homework with them you know what i mean and then plus trying to get this whole foundation going and everything else you know what i mean it was my hats off to the women who stay home oh, it, it's brutal right it's it's she, brutal she did me dirty she went on a girl's trip one time <laughs> for a week, for a week. A weekend for a, week, for a weekend. No, it was for a weekend. It was like three days. Yes, three days. Three Man, days. I, at the end of those three days, I was crawling like a soldier on the way home from battle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, getting up in the morning, getting the kids, walking the dogs, making sure the dogs are fed. You know, making sure that you know my daughter's got something to eat. Going to work in business meetings, having to like step away to make sure everybody is okay. And and at the end of the day, you know, when everybody's put down mm. and you're finally able to stop, you. You fall asleep just almost on your feet. And I told her, I said, I don't understand how you do this every day, you know, because we have a weird dynamic. You know, your, your wife wanted to go back to work. My wife was done with work. She, mm. she, she told me, she was like, I'm good, no more. Um, <laughs> but we, we have this really interesting dynamic where, you know, um, the way we, I explained it to her, I said, you know, if I'm the car that, that's driving, you know, a lot of this, you have to keep this car running, right? You're the mm. mechanic. You got to keep the engine running. You got to keep, you know, the car clean. You got to keep, you know, the registration up to date. So she handles basically every meeting that we have. Like she knows everything that I do down to even my work schedule. She, Mm -hmm. you know, she plans out our, she knows my medical appointments. She knows when I have to go teach at the school. She Mm -hmm. takes care of everybody in the house, like down to the minute detail. She takes care of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, She makes sure I eat healthy. So my blood pressure doesn't get crazy. Um, you know, she's on us. So mm-hmm. I told she, I was like, you run this, this shit, but I, I gotta be the ship that keeps moving. So I gotta keep, you know, out getting out there and, and making things happen. 
and you can run everything else here. And uh, when we kind of accepted our roles that way, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we really started clicking on all cylinders at that point. You know, I said, you know, baby, I'm not going to get in your way, you know, and, and we started supporting each other. That was another thing we started doing. I think that really helped our marriage. Um, when Priscilla will make a decision, you know, in front of, front of the kids, you know, we no longer argued. We no longer went, no, that's a dumb idea, you know, or something like that right in front of the children. Mm-hmm. we started saying you know that's what your mom thinks and then we'd go in the room behind closed doors and i'd tell her hey i, I don't i don't think you should have ran ran with something that way you know but i supported her at the time i didn't go against her and then she started doing that to me same thing mm-hmm. i'd make a decision she'd support me if she disagreed with it then we talked about it you know behind behind closed doors and we also made a, a rule any big decision had to have two yeses there could not be a a no and a yes it had to be two yeses mm-hmm. wow. wow i like so it, that yeah so, great. I, yeah so if i made a decision i want to do something big mm-hmm. and she was like rick i don't i don't i don't like that even if it's something i was so sure about like mm-hmm. let's, you gotta do it i said if she's not on board we can't make it happen and ultimately in the, run, in the long run it helps out because it showed her that i valued her opinion mm. right and then she started she mm-hmm. does the same thing with me she'd be like no i gotta check with rick first and I'm sure there's things that she wants to do. Where I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah no. Like for example, um, yeah, it this, took five years the pool. to get a pool. <laughs> five years. But now, I mean, like, he's loving it. He got exactly what he wanted. But interestingly, five years ago wasn't the time to get the pool for us. Mm-hmm. Right. It was now. Like, it, the timing had to be now. Um, everything pretty much aligned to this day. Mm-hmm. Like this time frame, finances, um, being home to be with the contractors, making decisions. We are both here instead of one person out in the field and one person at home making all the decisions. We both had a say mm-hmm. on this project. He had his wants as far as his big old grotto, and I have my wants <laughs> like a Baja. Mm-hmm. But everything, and it, if we just take the moment to really respect each other's and each other's opinion and wait until there's a yes on both ends, it really does work out. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot for us to come to that point to oh, get yeah. a yes on both ends. Cause mm-hmm. we'll just be in a standstill. Well, I say yes. Well, you say no. Well, I say yes. Well, you if, we ain't doing okay, it we're then. just going to sit here then. So there are times when we're like, okay, we're just going to sit here and kind of, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just table this until like next one. Right. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he said that he valued your opinion. I mean, so many husbands, I don't know for, I know I'm guilty of it for a long time. It's, it's weird. It's like, you don't value your wife's opinion. It's almost like you think you know better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I don't know why that happens, but it, it's awesome to see that you were able to do that with your wife to value her opinion. Cause she's a person when you, when you don't value someone's opinion, right? You devalue that person. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And you don't think you are, but you are. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. And hit the nail on the head with that one. I think we do that a lot now, too, at this D. And I'm telling you, man, it's hard. It's hard as a guy. It's hard on your ego sometimes. You're like, Mm -hmm. I know that it goes right there. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) like, all right, my wife will want to decorate the house. And I go, that's the dumbest idea in my life. (laughs) Thinking that, like, who would who would to do this right <laughs> and uh you know sometimes you know i sit there and listen to what she has to say and i always look and say well maybe she's seeing it from a different lens than i am mm-hmm. right because i'm only seeing it from my lens mm-hmm. and uh more often than not i started realizing she had a, a good opinion on certain things i was like you know what i may not uh, view it that way but she does and then in the end the outcome was was a really good outcome Mm-hmm. And I started trusting her more and more and more and more. And I'm like, you know what? Nah, nah. If Priscilla says it's good, it's good. I mean, even when it comes down to my work, mm-hmm. um, you know, she she helped me make some decisions that that affect ultimately affected my position, which job I should take, mm-hmm. uh, um, like where where I should go in terms of my training and things like that. And I sat down and really talked to her, and I and she'd give me pros and cons, and I would sit there with an open mind and say, okay, mm-hmm. what do you think? And I, man, it, it was, I don't know. I don't think I've had bad experience yet 
except when she bought me tellies and I was like, nah, this, I, I, ain't eat <laughs> I think I, um, I had to eat the bird and the egg. I say that that was the only bad. <laughs> I had to eat that darn balut. Oh, oh. dude, I still, her, I still have that smell, dude, in my nose, oh, bro. Oh. I mean, even chasing it with tequila didn't help, man. Just the, the feathers, <laughs> feathers in the feet, feather beaks. <laughs> oh, oh, nightmares God. about that, man. You know, like, oh. no, that, that's, that's called initiation into the family, right? <laughs> that's what it was. You could handle yeah. the bird. You got to explain what it is for people that don't know. So, so for people that don't know, listen to this. It's the nastiest thing in creation. So oh. they take a bird egg that's basically, it's a baby bird in it. It's no longer like the egg yolk. It's a baby bird in the egg. And then they boil it, right? And after they boil it, you crack it open and there's a bird embryo, like an actual bird. It has, <laughs> it has feathers. It got feet. And the eyeball. Yeah, eyeballs and everything. You just eat it. Like you just, and you don't like pull it out of the egg and cut it up. No, you like suck it out of there. And, and, and I was like, oh, oh, I was just thinking about it. Like, Why? Who does this? And mind you, uh, that, that's something else. Like me and Priscilla, we made a deal when we got married, right? We travel. Uh-huh. She travels the world. I travel uh, all the time. So part of our deal when we got married is we would travel every year. And then whatever nation we're in, we always ate the food there. Mm-hmm. I do. We were in Japan, right? We were in Japan, and a guy walked up and said, "You know, you want some octopus balls?" Yes. You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to fight the urge because it was like some, it it looked like a hush puppy. <laughs> it was an octopus ball, and I, I remember we were joking because she because I couldn't eat it. You know how you put it close to your mouth and you're like, eh, yeah, freaking just do it, and then she just ate it. And, you know, we were making like the crude jokes. I was like, baby, I have some octopus balls in your mouth, you know, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and I said, all right, it's not going to beat me. It's not going to beat me. I could do this. I could, and I, I chewed on them octopus balls. I've been sharing this with people. You know, and, uh, That's very brave. Yeah. <laughs> 700,000 people are going to listen to this. <laughs> Man, I mean, and we've always had those weird, weird experiences overseas. Um, mm. And, and doing stuff together. And so we we went uh, shark diving in Bora Bora, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we were sitting there at the dock and there's a bunch of people and we're friendly, we're talking to people. And this like, this yacht pulls up and the guy gets off and he starts calling names out and he's calling names. So everybody on the dock gets called except me and Priscilla. So I'm at that moment, the, the boat pulling away, I'm pissed off, I'm about to call the travel agent and um, a little tiny rinky dink you know, boat from Popeye pulls up, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, Ricky and Priscilla? I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, so we got a little private boat. He takes us out in the middle of the ocean and we're talking, we're vlogging it. And I'm talking to my wife and he, he starts throwing this chum in the water, right? Which you don't do, oh, right? So my mm-hmm. God. this blood chum in the water. And there's like 20, 30 of these, these sharks surrounding the boat. So mind you, I'm my back is turning. I'm recording Priscilla. And I have this video, David, I'll show it to you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we hear a splash. This fool jumped in the water. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, oh, you got to get in the water. And he's still like, what? What are you talking about? And, uh, he's like, oh, the real sharks are coming. The real sharks are coming. <laughs> oh, my God. The real sharks are coming. What are these little sharks surrounding the boat? And we get in, and here come these reef and and, and tiger sharks coming from the dark. Oh, and they're man. Like, they're coming up from the bottom. And he's like, oh, look, they're right there. They're right there. <laughs> oh snap dude and uh yeah we're in the water and and uh i'm not a snorkeler you know you're from the philippines so you you know i i know how to power power uh swim from the marine corps dave you know that that uh yeah stroke oh yeah yeah underwater recovery stroke yeah yep. I, I can do that stuff and uh priscilla somehow kicks me in the face oh, and i drop the camera and my snorkel flies off and i'm like three or four feet in the water just telling myself don't don't panic they're gonna come and eat you <laughs> doing baby what are you doing you know and then she convinces me to go to jamaica because there's a um there's a, bu- a private butler that lives with you uh-huh and of Not course with you, that's that he's, he's with you all day yeah he's with you all day and and she goes uh let's go to jamaica and i'm like baby i grew up in compton and i, I live around black people my whole life what i want to go <laughs> hang out with a bunch of black people for <laughs> you know and i was like i want to go somewhere different she's like you're gonna have a butler like the freshers of bel-air <laughs> I was like, oh, okay so you know we get there and we meet this old couple who says 
hey, a lot of young people come here and they don't, they never used a butler. So he says, you know, he's like, if you come here, you need to, you know, indulge. I said, all right, no problem. I said, I'm gonna see what this guy ain't gonna do. Mm. And uh, so, you know, we got him doing everything. He's, he's folding underwear, putting it in drawers and, and it, we have him doing all kinds of stuff. So we go out on an excursion and then we're on the way back. And I, I said, babe, I'm gonna call the butler and have him run me a bath. So I call him up on the phone, I'm like, hey man, have me a bath ready when I get there. Or no, I have Priscilla have a bath, have yes. Priscilla a bath when I get there and uh, have her some red velvet cake because she only likes red velvet cake. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, sir. I get in the room, I jump in the bath. And Priscilla's like, why are you in my bath? <laughs> I took the bath, I ate her cake and I got her back, <laughs> bath was dirty. So I called the guy up. I was like, hey bro, I need you to come clean the bathtub out and run oh, out of the bath. <laughs> and, and bring Priscilla some more red velvet cake. He's like, sir, the kitchen's closed. I said, I don't care. Go find my wife some red velvet cake. This cat went out to town, found <laughs> red velvet cake, came back, washed out the tub, ran her tub of another bath, you know, and then uh, and then the next day we were down by the beach. And so the beach was like a, a nice long walk from the resort. And so they have beach butlers, right? And I said, no, I want my butler. So I call him. He walks all the way down in his butler outfit and burning heat. He's like, what you need, Mr. Hayes? I said, hey, I want you to bring me the dessert tray from the restaurant up top. And he was like, well, you want them to get it? I said, no, I want you to get it. He came down with a huge tray of every dessert that the restaurant had. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was putting them to the test. I was like, yeah. well, you, know, you convinced me to come to Jamaica, Priscilla. I'm, I'm going to use this guy. You know, I had him doing it. And then he pissed me off because we had a, uh, oh no, there was a no. door in our room. And I'm so, a black guy, right? So, you know, yeah. black people always die in a horror movie. So <laughs> there was like this door in the room and he said it was locked yeah. he was like hey there's a surprise in the room he told priscilla that and priscilla said what's behind this door after he left and i said hey hey, hey don't be opening doors there's some demon or some shit behind that you know there might be some some day killer one. rats or some zombies <laughs> doors for a reason since you day know? one yeah since day one the door was locked and i i seen enough movies to know that's how stuff happens yeah ask. yeah like so he finally comes back. Was it not the next day? It was like two days later or something. Yes. So no, the next day I asked you. Oh yes. Hey, babe, me. let's just open this. Let's see what's behind this door. And he goes off. No, we're not opening that door. It's locked for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's day two. I'm like, are you sure? Like, there's a nice door right here. Day three, he comes back and he said, "How do you guys like your surprise?" And Rick looks at him like, "What surprise?" And he said, "You have a private balcony. There's only six of this in the." Um, Entire resort. Oh man, (laughs) it's a private balcony that overlooks the sunset and the water. It was. was, I was so mad at him. I looked at Rick like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. (laughs) Half our vacation is if we don't get to use this private, gorgeous balcony because he didn't want to tell me. But oh my god! To to my defense, like I said, I don't know what was back there. I could have started the apocalypse. Pandora's box. Thank you. Right? You just don't go messing with stuff. You know, I had a lockout tag out on it, bro. Yeah, you don't, you don't remove tags, man. It's just my wife. Yeah. But, but what happened to listening to Priscilla and trusting her this advice? Early, this was early on in the marriage. This was early on in the marriage. Oh, this is before you trusted her. <laughs> I trusted her idea. No you know, I mean, she did kick me in the face. <laughs> you know, dude. We got lost, yeah, we got lost in Paris. I think we ended up walking like like 10 miles, 10, 15 miles one night. <laughs> because oh no, i had proposed to her on the eiffel tower believe it or not wow uh, she uh when we got back to the states uh, i went to k jewelers to go get her a ring mm-hmm. so i'm in there with a bunch of older ladies and they're helping me out and we we had like five rings in front of me and i even call her sister up i'm like hey i'm on video chat hey which one of these should i get her sister says get this one the ladies are all like oh man this is amazing she's gonna love it I go to the house. I wake my wife up before I have to go to work. I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on one knee, right? You know, I'm like, baby, you know, I know I, I uh, asked you to marry me in Paris, but here's the ring. I, I want you to let you know that this is for real. I give her the ring and she smiles. She give me a kiss, go back to sleep. <laughs> the same day, she's like, were there any other rings? No, no, no. That's not what I said. <laughs> yes, wait, any a other ring. wait a minute. And no. oh my goodness, I Please, took no. the ring back and them ladies lost their mind. They were like, did she say no? Oh my, they were like emotionally in tears. Like, I can't believe she said no. 
And I was like, no, she just wants a different ring. <laughs> no, so the funny thing was I tried on the ring and I, it didn't fit me. I ate too much or whatever the case may be, I gained some weight. So it didn't fit me. And so he was like, oh, well, you want to see the rings? I, um, I was looking at that. I asked your sister about it. I was like, yeah, let me see. So I look at the picture and I'm like, oh, I really like that one right there. The mid- it was a middle one. It was like a princess cut with diamonds around it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, babe, since you got to change my <laughs> ring size. <laughs> right. I really want this one. <laughs> I really want I really that want one right this there. one right there. Then I got her sister uh, phone. I'm like, you I, set me up. <laughs> I love that you were brave enough to say, this is what I really want. Because like, I think a, a lot of us women sometimes, well, I know I'm guilty of, of like being a, a people pleaser and really kind of um, placating to my husband. I would just be like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you no. know? And then secretly yeah. down, the, down the line, I'm like, Mm, I'd really like a new ring, you know, what I mean? <laughs> but he's not reading my mind. But I mean, I think it's really good that you are brave enough and, and clear enough in your communication that you were just like, Hey, you know what? I'd really like this ring and hats <laughs> off to you, Ricky, for going to the store and doing it. Those guys would have got all offended. You don't like this ring. <laughs> like, like, I did all this well, work for you. And it, you know, it wasn't like it was a money thing. Cause it wasn't a huge different cost in it. you know, I yeah. think it was just, um, I, I, I value Priscilla's happiness. Right. Mm. And, uh, and it, and I knew it wasn't about money because my wife will fold a penny, bro. I mean, we will sit in the store and walk around <laughs> to buy something that's 30 cents cheaper, right? She will shop. She'll go to other stores. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I knew it was never about money for her. She's always trying to save cash. But I I relish the smile on my wife's face. When she is happy and things are going good, I'm like, man, I'm doing a good job. You know, <laughs> it's an yeah. ego thing at that point, right? You're like, I'm killing it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how do you, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Priscilla. Also to piggyback on that, I will have to say that I felt safe enough to say, hey, this is the one I want. Because mm-hmm. I figured, hey, this is in the top five listing, you know, <laughs> these yeah. are the top five rings. So, and I knew he wasn't going to be upset and go off at me Oh yeah, no. about it. Because he really asked me, which one is it that you really want? Since I have to go to the store anyway and exchange it for the ring size. And so then that's when my finger went to the middle one. And I said, this one. <laughs> so he gave me that space to be able to feel comfortable as well and be brave enough to say, hey, I re- this is going to be something I'm looking at every day. Mm-hmm. I really want to look at this one every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love that because that is a huge part of it. We do have to foster an environment of safety for our spouse to come to us and to know that we're not going to like beat them over the head for not liking the ring we picked or, or, or being upset about the dinner, if it was gross or, you know what I'm saying? Like we do have to foster an environment of safety. Mm -hmm. So that way we can create the intimacy, we can create the trust and that equals the long lasting marriage. Yes. And, and to even just piggyback what Jenny's saying, just being able to, the, for the, for the wives, right. Men don't read minds, you know, for a lot of us men, it's yes. like, speak up. Why didn't you say something? You <laughs> right. know what I mean, it's like, I, so that's what we've been doing as well. Like now she's learned, but like she said, I had to create a safe space for them to come to me, mm-hmm. right. For her to come to me. So now with that being said, it's like, man, I don't, I don't read your mind. What do you want? You know, even with her gifts now with yeah, gifts, yeah, I'm yeah, what, like, yeah, what do you like? You know what I mean? Here, <laughs> show me, you know, we joke, we joke so much about the notebook, you know, cause I swear you, man, I am not a Nicholas Sparks guy. I couldn't read a no. Nicholas Sparks movie our book but she made me watch those freaking movies you know the last ride and mm-hmm. best of me and all that which i'm going to say to your to your listeners this this man up and watch it it's a hell of a film right these films are good <laughs> we're always <laughs> some of these this movies one. of the notebook one we're uh-huh. like what do you want and uh yes she she does i think she did learn to speak up to let me know because i like you said i'm like i, I but i would tell her Maybe I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. 
you know, and she'd be like, Rick, this is what it is. I'm like, okay, that's all you had to say. Now I know I can't just, just figure it out on my own sometimes. And uh, I do need help to understand. And I think that's probably where we succeed. We exceed, right? Succeed more or less right there. Mm-hmm. Hey, baby, I don't get it. Can you help me out? <laughs> you know. What do you guys think you are doing regularly in order to feel so grateful to have the other person in your lives? Because that's what I hear. Um, it's like a theme in your marriage and the way you guys talk about each other. You guys have great respect for each other and also just seem to really value each other uh, um, really higher each other's yeah, company and h- higher than it seems anybody else so that person re- it's obvious that your spouse is the number one priority in your life and I think that's really amazing especially with your background Ricky and I just got to ask like how do you guys keep that and maintain that mindset mm. how do we keep it yeah <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> I think we uh I think we engage in each other's interests and, 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 you know, uh, you sacrifice, you sacrifice a lot. Um, like I know for me, one of my interests is helping kids, right. From based on my background and what I grew up with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dealing with DCFS, you know, bringing children into the home, mentoring the, the young man in the neighborhood. Um, and she helps me out with that. And, and in turn, she is a homemaker and a designer and a craft crafter. So I have to take interest in that. So we take interest in each other's lives. And I think that keeps us close more than anything. And then obviously uh, church is a yeah. big part of it. You know, we, we, we go to church and, and uh, do things. And then the, the we, the we concept was probably the, the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now that we look at everything as a we, right? Like it's not mine. It, it's, it's ours, right? There, I don't have an account. We have an account. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have bills in, in case it's the car which it's my bill her car um, <laughs> she always says that uh-huh. <laughs> but everything became a we and uh and uh, i say probably for me and i'll let priscilla go on this one but i i didn't shun friends i let them know that her she was the priority so when guys wanted to do stuff i'd say well i gotta bring p along with me mm-hmm. you know or um I'd have friends who, who didn't understand that P was a priority and I let them go by the wayside. I said, Hey man, if you, if you're not in on this, then I'm sorry, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't go home to you. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. I don't, what do you think, babe? What do you hear? I think just really understanding your per what order as far as your relationship should be. Mm. So for example, in a lot of this, um, when I was in ministry, it really embedded my mind. Okay. God first husband. That's the very first person, physical person that is in the top of my list. So, you know, that whole leave and cleave mm-hmm. in the scriptures, it really resonated with me. I was like, okay, my family is my husband and what we build together. Mm. Yes, I still love my parents. Yes. I still love my sister and all my family, but my family, my, my immediate family, my number one bond, my inner circle is my husband. And having to really focus in on that um, helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Really, I think you got that from me, though. Really helped yeah, a lot. I told my family, I was like, hey, I, I love you, dad, but this is my house. This is my family. I appreciate your opinion, but your opinion means nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell them, this is my kingdom over here. That, that's your kingdom over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to hate that they'd come over here and try to tell me something and I, I, you can go <laughs> mm-hmm. don't, don't tell me how to run my home and know. that's so detrimental because when your in-laws become your outlaws uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a bad ordeal all the way around you know um, I know young in my marriage that's the first thing that I started having to do is say hey you know I appreciate you guys' comment but you know, and then another thing too is don't go talking about your spouse mm-hmm. to your mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the worst things you could possibly do. You know what I mean? Because they'll and, just reinforce whatever you 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 feed to them. Like you go and, and talk to your dad and say, hey, my wife's doing this. She's being terrible. Your dad's mm-hmm. going to be like, yeah, get rid of her. Yeah, yep. you, 
Well, they're biased. You know what I mean? There was a point in time in our marriage where I completely stopped talking to my father for a couple of years because mm-hmm. he um, expected me to take his opinion and his advice over, uh, you know, my husband's side. And even if my husband was right or wrong, it didn't matter. I was going to take David's side over my parents' side because he is my family now, Mm -hmm. apart from them. I'm built, like, we have children together. He is our provider. He's our protector. I sleep in the same bed with him. I'm not under the same roof as my parents anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I did have to lay down those boundaries at some point. Mm-hmm. Those boundaries are what is needed for a healthy marriage, healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. I, I love, I love our boundaries. We keep, we, we keep people and let people know like, this is us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we don't even wait on people. I think that's another thing that really, uh, a lot of couples suffer at, you know, for them, they always think they have to be around other couples and other people. Yeah. It, it's me and P. I I tell people we're going somewhere. If they ain't ready, okay, later, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> me, me and P are going to have a good time. And we will go out and just enjoy each other. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and I look forward every day. You know, in fact, I get mad at her because she got mad at me. I left the house one morning mm-hmm. and I think I got down the street. <laughs> I, I had to be a good five minutes away. And she called me on the phone. You didn't give me a kiss goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, my bad, babe. You know, I was, I'll, I'll kiss you tomorrow. She's like, no. You know, you didn't give me a kiss, a kiss goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> she didn't tell me to come back, but it was on the phone, that conversation, like, but you didn't give me a kiss goodbye. So I was next to the freeway and I remember just like, damn it. I, I turned all the way around. I drove all the way home, gave her a kiss, then turned around and left. <laughs> and, you know, and, and even now, like, I can't leave the house now without, hey, babe, I'm leaving. I don't care if I'm going to the store. Hey, babe, I'm going around the corner real quick. And uh, people think I'm crazy because I do that. But I'm like, you understand, we've set boundaries for ourselves. And this is something we have to do in order to, you know, go somewhere and do something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. People don't get it. <laughs> no, they don't. But it, it's good to hear it, though. Like, just your, I mean, because your marriage is your ministry. You know, I, I know I, we listened to Priscilla and she talked about how she had a lot of faith in God and stuff like that. Well, your marriage is what people are reading. Your marriage is your guys's ministry. That's what those daughters that you have are watching. You know, they're mirroring that they're, they're seeing how you guys react to each other and solve problems with each other. So you're literally are building the next generation. It's, it's amazing how important marriage is. And I think that's why marriage is so attacked nowadays. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think girls learn. (laughs) I think, um, and this goes back to what Priscilla was saying earlier about the escape rooms. It's kind of neat because when you were describing the escape room, I was thinking, man, that's like a little metaphor for what marriage is. Like you have to, you're in it with your spouse Mm. and you're faced with problem solving and stuff like that. And every time you get through like that escape room or that problem in life, it brings you closer and you feel more confident to rely on each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's my rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's even, I mean, it's even proven fact, like even with the, with veterans, Ricky, and you know, you're in the military too. Um, dude, veterans, their relationships are forged in the heat of battle through these, through these struggles that they go through. Some of those are some of the greatest relationships that are ever forged. Yeah. That, you know, and that and struggle and adversity. In fact, we tell young people that a lot when we, we encourage a young man on the street to go to the military. And I was telling them, I said, listen, you're going to have brothership or a brother, a brotherhood and friends because you guys are going to be tested by fire together and you'll never forget those people. So this, I remember people from way back. I think I remember more people from my time in the core than I do my time in law enforcement, even my time in the trade because mm-hmm. of just how hard it was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I remember I found Priscilla 20 plus years later. Wow. And I knew her in high school when she was a mean girl. I was not a mean girl. She was a mean girl. <laughs> she just had boundaries. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, Ricky and Priscilla, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story with us. And, and I know that our listeners are going to get so much value from this. We appreciate you guys. And uh, is there any way that our listeners can get a hold of you or, or reach you on, on social media or whatever, if they have questions or anything like that or anything you'd oh, like absolutely. to share? Absolutely. Uh, if you guys ever want to reach out to me um, and uh, you, you can reach me on my Facebook, I, will, I, I can share it. It's don't call me Will Smith. <laughs> you look at that uh you can find me there and ask a question you can reach out to priscilla pretty much the same way because she you know on my social media all the time um do you have a connection babe you may want to give out because my all my stuff is private so yeah that's what she uses yeah. mine she yeah uses mine. And, so uh, but yeah if you guys want to talk to us we are always available uh all apprentices seem to call me and my wife all the time like mm-hmm. even when they're having crises you know, okay. if it's if it's a a uh, emotional crisis, I put my wife on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's mm-hmm. a, a work crisis, I'll handle it. But uh, we get yeah. calls all the time, and we're always willing to help out. Yeah. You know, we 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 make time for people all the time. So and we could also provide you the link or our um, username, and then you can okay. as well. Yeah, and then uh, also send me the link for the uh, escape room. I'd like to post that too. I think that's pretty awesome. Well, you know, there's different levels, man. I, I could. Uh, you know, if you want to do this a regular, this you and wife time escape room, I can give you some levels on that. We like experts now. You know, we've been up and down. The <laughs> you know, I, I can do some stuff where you're going to walk into Denny's covered with blood. <laughs> I want one where I could have a safe word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are legitimate escape rooms like that. <laughs> They're cussing you out and, hand, and handcuffing you and throwing you around. And then there's, you know, the... I would recommend if it's a date thing, go to a one where you're just, it's just you too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We appreciate you. <laughs> right Thanks on, for having us. I appreciate it, man. I, and I appreciate you too, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. <laughs>